Hello, and welcome to another edition of Thoughts from Player One, the podcast where we take an in-depth look at one narrative or story-focused game and give our thoughts about it. As always, I'm Alex. I'm your Greek god, Duncan. (laughs) And if you couldn't tell, this week we are talking about Hades. Hades is the newest game from Supergiant. Um, It's out for Switch and PC right now. Uh, It's about $25 on Steam and I think on the Switch as well. Um, And the 1.0 version of it came out just recently, September 17th, 2020. I believe the initial early access launch, because this one did early access uh, for a couple of years there, was back in 2018. So it's been been around for a while now. Um, And as always, we have listed on here, the music is by Darren Korb, which, you know, shout outs at the top, because we're going to talk about how good the music is all the time. Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm feeling kind of tense. I'm feeling okay. a little tense. I think I need another ice melter. You know, some <laughs> people say you need ice breakers. But you don't but, want all that ice laying around. Then you just got ice all over the floor, you know? Right. There's sh- it's shards. I'd rather melt it, turn it into a nice cocktail. You know how alcohol freezes. Mm-hmm. Famously, yeah. And then once it once it melts, I turn it into a nice cocktail. I sip it while we play our podcast. You know mm. how we play the podcast like a video yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm always making choices. Life <laughs> is just a video game, isn't it? Life is just a choice based video game. When you think about it, when you talk to your friends, you're really just making dialogue choices to see what happens. You know, it's true. And I'd like to ask you this question to make you have this dialogue choice right now. All right, hit me. I want to know, and I want you all at home to think along with me. Right now, <laughs> erase, erase, erase all modern religions from your head. They're all gone. Done. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> what do you want? Well, I'm going to take 15 minutes of dead air first. I don't think you're just really in the headspace. We can cut it out. No, I'm in the headspace, man. I got it. Okay. It was okay. not hard for me. <laughs> now imagine that all of the Greek gods... All the Catholic mm. gods, all of them, they, they, to our perception, they exist. Mm, okay. We still okay. have all the issues we have right now. <laughs> Which god are you, like, thinking about? Which one are you hoping, are you praying to, like, fix your issues or, like, give you sweet powers? Mm, mm, okay. So which of these gods do I want to be my personal god that I want to represent? What, who... What god jersey do I want to be wearing down the street is basically what you're asking me. Yeah, sure. And, like, I think it's also, like, based on fear somewhat. Like, I feel like people worship Poseidon because they were afraid of him uh, bringing them tsunamis. So, like, mm-hmm. it could mm-hmm. also be based on what you're afraid of. Hmm. Okay. That's a good question. And we're only talking the ones in the confines of Hades, because I think there were other Greek gods, but I don't know them, so I don't want to yeah, talk about them. Yeah, let's, let's keep them in the confines of the game. All right, all right. I think if I gun to my head, if I got to choose one of these Greek gods to worship, I got to choose one of them that I want to be my personal one, I think I probably would end up going with Zeus. And it's not that I like mm. Zeus the most, but I do think thunderstorms are extremely, extremely cool. Uh, and they've got just like an aura that draws me into them, and I think, I think that it would end up being, that would end up being where I'm going. Because I don't, you know, I'm not a. I look, I love water, I love the ocean, I live in a landlocked state. I've never really spent much time on a boat, so like Poseidon's out for sure. Ares mm. is the god of war. It's fine. It's not really for me, you know. Yeah, uh, not not really a 2020 thing to pick. 
No, no, not really what I'm looking for there. You know, I mean, I think you can make a good case for like Athena. I think you can make a decent case for like Persephone. But I think, I think at the end of the day, it would probably be Zeus. I think the fear thing, the fear and awe of a thunderstorm is just, it's so good. How could you not, you know? Well, I would definitely pick Athena, dude. Protect me from everything right now. It feels like everything is out to get me right now, and I just need mm. protection, you know? And also, mm. she seems like the only sane god. <laughs> so I mean, that's true, but that you know she's not going to kill you over nothing then, right? But I don't know that about other gods. That's true. I think my second choice would be Poseidon, so I could like do cool wave tricks on the ocean now, and stuff. And, like... That's true. If Poseidon can let me basically be a waterbender or turn me into like a dolphin or a whale for a little while, <laughs> that would be pretty sick. I would enjoy that quite a bit. That's great. That's great to know. Well, I'm sure you want to know about this video game named Hades, and that was the ah, ice no. melter. <laughs> See, we <laughs> melted the ice, turned it into the ocean, and now we're going to do cool tricks on it. It could oh, be anything okay. you want. Um... <laughs> If you haven't seen Hades yet, what's wrong with you? It's popping off right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a top-down or isometric, I guess you would say, um, roguelike game where you are Zagreus, the son of Hades, and you are trying to escape the underworld. Um, so the roguelike attempts are you trying to escape, dying, and then being sent back to your house. Um, the main attraction for this game is, you know, obviously the roguelike elements and a lot of mechanical stuff we're going to get into. But also there is a lot of there's a lot of characters. If you've played any super giant games, you know they're good at those mm-hmm. characters. Mm-hmm. You can go uh, listen so... to us talk about all the characters from Pyre in our previous episode. It's about 45 minutes in the middle of the podcast and we say nothing interesting. Yeah. So. Thanks We're for gonna plugging do that again. Us. Thanks for plugging us. Uh, and, <laughs> and yeah, so a, a lot of these characters, you like build relationships with them by giving them things that you find in the in the uh, underworld, and like there's a lot of mechanical like upgrading and your general roguelike fare. Um, we'll get more into what makes this game special, but that's kind of what you're looking at at a, at a glance. Yeah, um, and for a little background, right? A, a roguelike, you know, a very action heavy game where you know, you're not, a lot of the story is not being delivered, um, you know, uh, consecutively. It's, it's, it's very spaced apart by mechanical elements. It's not really the type of thing we normally cover. But in the grand tradition of uh, Doom 2016, Duncan and I decided that we are both playing a lot of Hades and we do not want to play any other video games right now. Mm-hmm. So we are going mm-hmm. to find a way to talk about this game for the podcast. So that's kind of like... In my mind, that's kind of like a stamp of approval right there, right? If we're willing to disregard whether or not this will be a good episode and talk about it because it's just such a good game that we don't want to talk about anything else, that's a huge point in Hades' favor already. For sure, for sure. So how we're going to format this episode is we're going to uh, sort of give you a generic review, which if you haven't understood already, like, this is, we like this game. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna be positive yeah yeah so um just kind of uh, our thoughts on it without spoiling anything then we're gonna get into like the loop and the mechanics of the game and like just discussing what we enjoyed about it what you know what we might not have enjoyed about the mechanics and just kind of the uh, keeping it non-spoil no story spoils but very um baseline and then lastly we're gonna just get into the all spoils like you know the story stuff um all of the mechanical stuff so if you are comfortable with hearing some like mechanical um pre like your first run 
um, you can stay with us. But mm-hmm. if you're really sensitive, you don't want to, you don't want to hear anything. Then after generic reviews, you want to, you probably want to leave. Yeah. So, so what do you, what do you, tell me, tell me, get, get a little bit more deep down and tell me what you really loved about this game. It yeah, made me not so, liked. I mean, I'll, uh, generic review. I don't want to get into the specifics of what I didn't like, didn't, didn't like too much because I want to keep this very, very open. Um, generally, just up top, this is definitely, uh, let's actually, let's start here. Let's start here. I want to talk about our history with roguelikes each because I think that's going to, um, I think that's going to inform a lot of this conversation is where we're coming at in terms of what roguelikes we've played and liked before. Um, just real quickly so that people have a history because I think your your um, level of enjoyment of this game is really different if you come from a history of playing a lot of roguelikes versus if you've never played any before and how your expectations are set, things like that. Um, so just from my end, I will say I've played a lot of different, um, again, more modern roguelikes, you know, Rogue Legacy, Dead Cells, Binding of Isaac, Enter the Gungeon, um, and then a lot of card-based ones. And those are, I, I would definitely not describe them as my favorite genre of game, but they are high up there. Every game that I just listed there, you know, Slay the Spire, Monster Train included, I've put 60 plus hours into, um, some of them even more than that. So I, I definitely have played a lot of this type of game before and, and was coming to it with some pretty defined expectations about what I like and don't like about a roguelike. Yeah, for me, basically take what Alex said, but divide it in a fourth to a third. Like, I've played all of those games, but I never stick with them long enough to, like, either finish a run or, like, get the advanced stuff. I usually, mm-hmm. like, finish a run or two, and then I kind of just fall off of it. Yeah, do a little, see what it has to offer, and then kind of dip out before you see what's too far under the surface, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So with that in mind, um, I, I do want to say I think Hades is, it's in the running for one of my favorite roguelikes of all time. Um, I think it has a couple of things that might hold it back from there. Again, you know, we, I was playing this game as recently as yesterday, right? I've put like 45, 50 hours into it, something like that. Like, I, I've pumped a lot of time into this game, and I, I love it. I love the way it feels. I love the way it moves. I love the the integration between story and um, gameplay elements is something that you just don't really get in a roguelike, right? Most of the time it's, hey, here's maybe a small cutscene at the beginning explaining things. Maybe you get like one or two pieces of lore in the environment, and then maybe you get like a little cutscene at the end after you win or like before a big boss fight, but that'll be it. Whereas here, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm like 50 hours into this game. I'm still getting unique dialogues. I'm still moving character arcs forward. Um, I think there's an epilogue that I have not gotten yet. Like there's there's a lot in this game, and I think that makes it feel extremely meaty. It, it makes it feel meatier than maybe the mechanics of it actually are. But it's just, it's a fucking joy to play. Like it feels so good to move around in Hades that I think that can honestly carry a lot of the... Um, a lot of the gripes that I have are pretty subdued based on the fact that I just love playing this game. I like, I just love starting another run and putting more time at it and trying to find like a good build and trying to find like better ways to attack bosses and enemies and things like that. It it feels snappier than I think maybe any roguelike I've played before. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, I, I think outside looking in, um, when I watched videos of this, I think it didn't, I had concerns about that where I'm like, I don't think this fee- looks like it controls as well as it actually does. So if you're watching mm. a trailer and you have that feeling, you're very wrong. It, it, I mean, to me, at least you're very wrong. Cause yeah. like it, it controls 
it can drill really, really well. I think a lot of the aiming for a lot of the things works well. It, it has a nice balance between assisting and, you know, you manually doing it. And the controls for it, I'm raising. Um, I, I recently saw a good meme format. Uh, and you know this is going to be a good mm-hmm, review mm-hmm. when this I reference is gonna a land. meme format. Ooh, it's going to be good in the podcast. <laughs> or it's like a tiny, tiny little toy train, and it's roped up to like a really huge train, but it's like it's acting like it's pulling it. The charm in this game is the tiny train, man. Oh my mm. god. You could You could load anything that makes me think this is like a subpar or like good to, you know, medium good roguelike mechanically. And all that charm, all those characters, all that stuff that Alex referenced with, you know, still moving through and getting story beats and having all this unique dialogue. If not for that, would not be that interested in this game. Um, Mm -hmm. I have probably put more time into this roguelike than any other roguelike I've ever played. Um, So I think that is a huge testament to it where I'm still enjoying the game. Um, Again, still have some light issues that I still feel like I can't not say I recommend it, uh, but, I mean, Supergiant Does Greek Gods is like, <laughs> that's everything to that's me. A, I, that as that a Super line fan, right there sells a video game. It doesn't matter what the game is. Yeah, and I mean, I think they do interpretations of these characters really well. I think I had worries that they would be too deep in expectations of what we mm-hmm. have of certain Greek gods and they meet those expectations, but they also kind of zag on it a little bit. And I love that about <laughs> it. Um, yeah. I, that's my, that's, that's as much as I yeah. can say without getting I, into too much detail. I, I think that's, um, I think that's really, that last point you made is really interesting. There is like a, cause I, I did feel that too, as much as like, I knew I was going to buy this game because it's a super giant game. Of course I'm going to buy it. And I love roguelikes and I heard good things about it. There is like a level of trepidation when, you know, some like studio you like or some you know same thing if it's an author you like or a musician or filmmaker or whatever when they're taking on something that is not a wholly unique work right when they're working inside of like constraints of preconceived notions of preconceived like characters and ideas and everything like that and obviously greek mythology is like you know it's not like it was harry potter right like there's not a hey here's the one text that you need to worry about this is that like it was a religion there were oral stories there are different interpretations even inside of like what people believed about those gods at the time right like it's very different than that but there was like a level of concern that hey am i going to get a lot out of this if i am not a huge fan of greek mythology or if i don't know a lot about greek mythology um, mm-hmm. And while I think you get more out of it if you do know a little bit about Greek mythology, they the characters they pop. They're so lively. It's such a good family dynamic that I think they. Um, if you have concerns about that at all, you can you can basically put them aside. They don't they don't have any issue playing inside of that space and, and doing interesting things while staying true enough to the source material that it's still engaging. If you're um, interested in that sort of thing. Yeah, and I don't know. I didn't. I decided not to read anything about these gods, like like the wiki for any of them, because mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm just gonna, uh, I'm just or some of the side characters. I wanted to stay blind during it to see kind of how it affected me, because I obviously know like Zeus and Poseidon, but there are some side characters where it took me. Uh, you know, I didn't. I don't know who Patroclus is and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, so we're going to transition into talking about the game before you finish your first run. So before you talk about yeah, before you beat your first run. Let's phrase yes. it that way, right? Yes. Um, because there's a lot of stuff that comes through in subsequent playthroughs. So yeah. So this should be a pr- still pretty overview, spoiler free. But you know, if you really want to get deep and down into the dirty of those mechanics, 
yeah, yeah. don't you can stop We're, here we'll talk about some characters we will not talk about their storylines and their arcs and where they go but we'll just talk about that they exist in the, the sort of basic stuff you get at the beginning of that all right so mm. we're gonna do like a just a general overview of uh the game in a bigger picture with the mechanics so you kind of understand what i'm talking about or get reminded of everything here so you're again playing as zagreus who is hades son who is trying to escape the underworld so uh you leave from your room and you have like a you know an assortment of weapons that you can pick from that you unlock more and more of as you go along um and when you leave you kind of uh go up um because you're all the way down so there are four Mm -hmm. kind of primary stages and as you play these levels each sort of tiny part of the stage uh has you choose between like do you want uh, more resources to upgrade yourself permanently do you want more resources to upgrade more weapons do you want um you know a nectar that increases your relationship with these uh with these different people or these different gods and along the way you also run into the greek gods themselves in the form of boons so um again to add on tack onto the story a little bit the greek gods are helping you escape because you uh you, how you perceive it at the beginning is that the uh, you want to come live on top of olympus uh with them because you're kind of running away from home uh so mm. they want you there um <clears throat> so as you run uh, run up the underworld you get these greek gods to give you their assistance they usually have like you know a voice line or two to say to you and then you get an upgrade so again all these upgrades are happening within the run uh you're getting resources to upgrade yourself more permanently and um each sort of setting has a boss at the end of it and if you die just like most roguelikes uh you go back to the beginning um yeah that's Mm kind of your general loop but Uh, what else what else can we say about the the game before we talk no, I, I think that's a that's a pretty good general loop. We'll talk about again. We'll talk about the bosses and the different worlds and everything going forward. Um, I want to get your opinion though. How did you feel about the the boons and like what they what they generally did and kind of how this was your main mechanical upgrade going forward? Like, you know, I I, I know you had said you didn't have, you know, you've played all a lot of the same roguelikes as me, right? Um, and I think in a lot of ways these these boons are. Although very cool and interesting, they're still kind of subdued in comparison to a lot of different upgrades and things you can get in roguelike. So how did these, you know, how did, how did this strike you? How do you feel about this particular? I'm gonna need you upgrade? to ask me the question in another way again. <laughs> like okay, like you said, how do you feel? How do you think? <laughs> it's like I want it one more time. Well, I'm giving you the options. Either your three <laughs> options from this boon, or how do you feel about it? How do you think about it? Or what do you well, think could have been different? Basically, that's that's pretty similar to how the boons work. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. a lot of the different gods made had different interesting. Like, okay, so like Zeus power ups from Ares power ups. Those are different enough for me to be like, all right, I'm I like this. But a single god's boons are too, like, your choices sometimes feel a little too similar. Like, after, I would say maybe after, like, 20 or 20 or so runs, I started to feel like I got it. Mm-hmm. You know, I got each of the gods. I got what they did. Yeah. And I feel like I knew which one to pick at all times. Or I'm like, well, sometimes there would be a contest. But very generally, like, when I get Athena, I'm always going to pick the one that whenever you dash, you deflect stuff because you're dashing 
all the time. Oh yeah, Athena's only boon. Athena's yeah, only I remember. very cool boon. Um, if it's available, um, <laughs> or there's not a faded yes. choice. So, anyways, uh, so, so did you did you have uh like a god's boons that you tended to drift or like what 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 was the Olympian that you always the wanted? Olympian that I always wanted. I would say it was probably hmm. I would say Dionysus was a top tier one for me because I just thought, A, I liked... Mm -hmm. Another thing that I really like about the Boons is, again, getting that little character snippet and, like, talking to them. Yeah. And I liked hearing from him. I also really liked Poseidon's Boons because I think they were ridiculously overpowered. Um, But, yeah, (laughs) I, I think... Yeah, I think those were probably my two favorite. I think least favorites were definitely the Artemis ones because while they were really good, they were kind of boring because uh, this was just a lot of crit. Uh, and I, they, yeah, that's all of the Greek gods' boons are kind of one note. You know what I mean? Like where it it, it there's yeah. not a lot of variance with it, but it's still so much fun. I I don't know. I feel like just opening with that. Yeah, and mm-hmm. there's Go good ahead, there's good mixing and matching between the two boons, right? I think if it was just like hey. You can only get Zeus boons in one run. It would like it would suck and be pretty boring, but it can be a lot of fun to be like, okay, well, I've got you know this one from Poseidon and this one from Zeus and this one from Dionysus. So that means that like that has to warp the way I think about how I use my different attacks and abilities and things like that. And I think that um, that keeps it really interesting because you're right, they are very one note. Um, and you know, there's obviously you know one note in that most of them move towards one specific thing, um, but there's like obviously some variance in between what they do. Um, and some interesting combinations if you get more than one of the, you know, you get multiple uh, gods working together to give you kind of an interesting combination between the oh, two. Yeah. Um, it it does end up being feeling a little more varied than it seems like it should, I think. Yeah, and it, it never bothers me enough because there is there are definitely a lot of other options to, like, upgrade yourself throughout the run uh, because there's, like, you know, there's yeah. weapon upgrades. Um. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. That is the only other one. <laughs> I mean, there's there's health upgrades, and you can upgrade yeah. the boons and everything. But yeah, it's really just weapon upgrades and, and boons. But I do like the idea that there's lots of other ones. That would be cool. Uh, yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> Love to play that game. Um, no, I, I, I think I, I agree with you. I, I really liked the Artemis buffs because I really liked Artemis because she's like... I just think she's one of the cooler Greek gods, and she's also got, like, three owls chilling on her bow, and I love that quite a bit. The artwork for the gods is 40% of the reason why I like any of them individually. They're all so cool and so extremely expressive in their, you know, character design. You know, it's just a still image talking to you, but um, it really did influence who I wanted to go for. Yeah, who did you go Um, for? And this is kind of cheating, but, like, Hermes was the one that I would almost always take. he's cool. Um, and it is, like, it's a little cheating because it's slot into literally every build because it's just move faster, attack faster, dash more, get HP back or something. Um, but I I liked moving faster and dashing more a lot, so I would go for that almost every yeah, single time. I, you know whose boons I actually did take hmm. every time? Who was my absolute favorite? Master Chaos. Oh? Oh, okay. That's cheating, yeah. but... True. So chaos that is, is this true. awesome mechanic where it, there's a like chaos gate. It's not a new like mechanic in any game, like roguelikes especially. But you uh, sacrifice a bit of your health to go into this like uh, into like a 
dark space like void where like no god really understands or knows you're there and uh you meet this other god just named chaos and his artwork is or their artwork is like oh my god it's so cool it's one of the it's definitely the coolest character artwork it is so scary and they the way they speak is terrifying and like their concept i mean their art he they're holding like a a planet basically earth like in the between their thumb and their pointer finger it's just such a cool visual i mean Um, and they will chaos is the being from which all life in the world so like you move 75 percent slower but afterwards you have like an extra dash um so i loved taking those um which i kind of want to ask you there are a lot of those in this game where you know, there are these treasure chests where if you can survive a, or if you can fight 15 minions very quickly, you get the reward. Or like I was saying, the chaos one, or um, you go down a portal and you fight guys and you can't take any damage or you lose. And a lot of roguelikes, yeah. I feel like I have a hard time deciding whether it's worth it to take those, but I usually side on the fence of, uh, it'll be worth it because I got to be skilled anyways. Um, but this game in specific, I always take the risky reward. Do you feel like they were easier mm-hmm. in this game? Or is there ever a point where you didn't take these? Yeah, I think there were there were, there were some points early on where I didn't take them before kind of I won my first run, before I put a lot of um, points into like the permanent upgrades. But I think it, it got to a point where, you know, especially now, uh, you know, post-game doing a little bit harder runs, it just never feels like there's a reason not to take any of those risky rewards. Like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like, at least for me personally, the, the loop that I go through always ends with me at the boss at the end of the level, basically at full HP or getting close to full HP. Um, and uh, the the risk just doesn't seem as great later on in the game and i don't know if that's just because the game is designed in such a way where you outscale it or if the risk is just not that high right like you know taking 20 damage to go into a chaos gate or something is huge at the beginning of the game when you're bad at the game and you don't have a lot of like permanent upgrades but by the end of the game it's like ah yeah it's it's just it's a thing i'm going to do because i'm going to get a good upgrade from it no matter what and also like Um, okay you can't use your special for three rounds which is for if you haven't played the game you just have a basic attack a special attack and a like and a cast uh which is just a like cast. a yeah, yeah. so like thing. taking that um I, I say okay well i have two options still to attack this isn't a big disadvantage there's always especially with the chaos there's always something out of those three that won't matter for that run and you know they only show up once (laughs) or twice so it's not that big but it it feels like you know these temptations along the way aren't uh, dubious enough for me to uh to actually think about it i just pretty much take everything i mean there's literally a trove one where you know it's like kill all these enemies very quickly and you'll earn 150 health that's my whole health pool (laughs) of course (laughs) sure i'll take that yeah there's you could also get a a a trove one that just gives you a bunch of darkness but then there's an upgrade you can get later on that darkness just heals you a whole bunch anyway and it's like okay that's just a two-for-one special baby that's full hp and a bunch of permanent upgrade material i'll do that a hundred times out of a hundred um it's the definitely the, the downsides don't feel um quite as rough and to be fair there's like um 
in kind of classic Supergiant fashion, after you beat the game, there's like a difficulty modifier that you can turn on and you can continue to adjust it in various ways. Um, and, you know, it's, again, mechanical spoiler, but this is also how Supergiant games always work. It's just kind of referred to as heat and you can like crank it up by adjusting various modifiers. Uh, most of the runs I'm doing now are around like heat 15 to 17. I think it does go up to like 60 yeah. if you turn everything on. So maybe everything we're saying is a totally moot point if I was playing at like well, 40 heat or something. Maybe it'd be like, no, you can't we'll afford to lose that. that. But I yeah. don't. Um, yeah. So I, I, you know, I, I'm i curious to know why they feel that easy. But I also, you know, I, I do know there are other people that are having a significantly harder time with the game who haven't played a lot of roguelikes. Hey, so. Alex, let's yeah. talk about these fucking characters. I've been dying to talk about these fucking characters. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, there's a huge cast of characters we couldn't possibly talk about all but of them. But we will. Um, <laughs> but we will one by one. <laughs> all right. So Hades is your <laughs> father. He is the god of the underworld. Oh, where, where do we even start with these characters, man? Let's talk about the guys, of the, the, the people of the house, just really generally. Because I think there are some important players in the house okay. that I really, I really love. Um, and I kind of want to talk about, like... Because they meld story and mechanics so well. So mm-hmm. each time you come back to the house and you, uh, after dying, it's not like your father is, you know, con- like you have to run away from him every time to escape. He's just kind of doing paperwork in his front office or his, you know, his big throne and you kind of walk past him and he's, he's you know, a shitty Hades dad to you. <laughs> um, it, so it's not like an intense situation. So you get to kind of walk around, talk to people, um, you know, manage the house, things like that. Uh, so each time you come back, you kind of get a little snippet of the story. Um, and it's what makes this game so easy to come back to. Like, the mm-hmm. gameplay's fun. The mechanical loop is great. But I just always want to finish a run to come back to see what's going on and you know what's new and what is um you know what's deuce what's my little deuce doing or you know what's what's my mom nick's gonna say that i don't understand uh well mm-hmm. not, you know that, that kind of stuff so where should we start with this is just i guess some of the characters of the house that we or that we want to highlight i don't know yeah i think uh, i think that's fair i think we can maybe talk about the initial cast of characters very briefly just kind of hey these are the type of people you um you see and then maybe just talk about like hey how, how do we how do we feel about this cast of characters at the house generally speaking there's hades, <laughs> there's hades <laughs> who's your dad <laughs> okay so there's hades who's your dad there's uh megara who is uh one of the bosses that you fight is the very first boss that you fight um she's one of the furies Fury, I always want to say furry sisters. It takes every <laughs> bone in my body not to say furry sisters. Um, uh, there's uh, Dusa, who is just like a Medusa head, who is the uh, sort of house worker just that. So good. So good. Just a floating Gorgon head who is cleaning the house constantly and is always very very shy and easy to startle and scare and and mm-hmm. get very uncomfortable it's great i love dusa there's achilles who trained you and i'm sure you all know about achilles with his mm-hmm. he, with his cool heel famously <laughs> he's got those bad heels oh my heels are bad um, oh my god is there an achilles branded healy there should really be an achilles branded healy <laughs> achilles healies um <laughs> And there's Skelly, who is your training dummy, essentially, that talks to you and is mm-hmm. 
uh, has a Brooklyn accent for some reason. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I don't really explain that. Um, that's, that's the main cast. And then cast. there's um, there's oh. also there's Hypnos, who is just oh, the, right. he's the the god of sleep he's in charge of sleep he, you know he's sleep incarnate and he's the one that greets you every time you come out of like the river sticks again and gives you a fun little quip about how you died uh and if you died to something weak he makes fun of you a little bit and that's always pretty good as well uh and yeah. then there's cerberus your big three-headed dog friend um yeah and then there's also like you had mentioned nix um who is your uh mom who is I had the daughter of Kay. I don't remember her exact relationship, but she's, she's got she's got yeah. very cool hair. I think that's the most important thing about her is her <laughs> hair is stars, <laughs> and that's very cool. She's goddess of the night. She yes. so when, when as Zagreus is moving through the underworld, she is shielding him. And like to my understanding of the lore, is like shielding him away from his exact location from certain things, and like yeah. is kind of privy to what is and what is not seen by people which is mm-hmm. really cool yeah so how do, how do you uh how do you there's I mean, there's other characters that show up but they show up a little bit later i just wanted to talk mm-hmm. about this initial set that's there basically as soon as you first get out of the pool um how do we feel about this initial cast of characters i mean i love them i love them all and mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. i think when early in the game when you only have like you you get very few um nectar which is the resource for giving and building relationships with people and like getting new dialogue. It's very hard to decide who you should give the nectar to. And like, you kind of, you kind of look at this cast of characters and decide who you, you know, who favors you and who you want to favor and things like that. Um, But I mean, they're written really well. And, the other thing, if you haven't played this game, is they're all voice acted. Like, every mm. run, we're coming back with this, you know, we're I'm coming back and I'm getting new dialogue and it's all voice acted by these really, really talented people. Um, I, I'm trying to think of what to say other than well-written, they're well thought out for the character that you know the mythology has and they have a good mm-hmm. position within the house. Like, you know, as Alex said, the, the Hypnos being there to um you know greet you as you come in it it, that's not a choice that i would have made but it's really smart and like achilles trained you uh to be the warrior that you are today again not something that i would you know knowing these characters i would pick but like they write it really well where it almost convinces you that oh that is what happens in mythology that's right (laughs) achilles definitely did train the son of hades (laughs) there's definitely been points where i was like i don't know if that is that are they pulling that from source material or are they just making that up? Uh, and I, I think that's obviously a, a huge testament to their writing. And I think, just generally speaking, the the cast of characters is so... Uh, first off, let's just get it out of the way. Every single character in this game is incredibly hot. It's just... They're the yeah. fucking hottest okay. characters right. the right. Super <laughs> Giants ever done. Yeah, let's, let's get this out of the way. Okay, all right. Your dad is <laughs> sexy. <laughs> <laughs> you no. might not know it. But most people want to fuck your dad. That's just how it is. I'm just saying the facts. <laughs> clipped, clipped, clipped. <laughs> um, no, but I think no, you're the, right. To to speak to the quality of writing and the quality of voice acting and the just general character design and vibe of this game, right? That's they found in these characters a compelling reason for you to continue playing. But not only that, like a compelling reason for you to die. Like I, there are. I think I can, in my entire 50 hours of playing, I can only think of one time where I died and got mad. Um, and that's because I was just like, I was really sure I was going to beat the final boss and I didn't. Um, yeah. 
I, but, that's actually the same for me too. That's funny. Yeah, but like it's not. The thing is, it's never a problem because you. It does feel like coming back and getting to talk with your friends and catch up and kind of getting to feel a little bit more about hey, what are people's stories, right? How are they getting fleshed out over time? Um, and they do a really interesting thing. We haven't talked about the um, Greek gods yet, which are maybe a little more of a known quantity, just in terms of they're the Greek gods that you you know and love. Uh, but uh, they do this really really good thing where the structure of the game like not the structure of the game the, the the structure of the story is such that it's not it doesn't feel so much like a an epic greek tale it doesn't feel so much like an escape story it feels like a very personal familial story um yeah. you know because it is but they do this really good thing where uh, the people inside of the hall of hades feel very much like an immediate family they have very um, sibling-esque or, you know, close, fa- like, you, you know, it's it's your dad, it's your siblings, it's people that you grew up with, it, it's your, your mentor since you were a child, right? Like, they have these very close bonds that feel like an immediate family, and then they introduce all of these Greek gods who, you know, are and feel like an extended family. And I think throughout the entirety of the game, the way they play with these relationships, the way they play with these stories, the way they play with how these characters interact, all has a really good vibe where you can be like, oh, yeah, that's that feels like my shitty uncle and that feels like my weird cousin. And it makes sense that my weird cousin is also pretty close to this member of my immediate family because they're both weird in their own ways. But this member of my immediate family is like much cool. Like it it all, it fit like it fits in such a way that you can believe these relationships as bombastic as they are as close personal family relationships. And I just don't think I've, these, these feel like probably the best characters they've written. Um, yeah, I, that that, that's a, I won't. I won't throw that in Pyre. It's been a while since I played Pyre. Uh, I remember yeah. writing the characters in Pyre, but it just the I, way they put it together is is incredibly well done. It's certainly the extremely unique, and that was really well put. That was that was really nice. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you really hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, I I totally agree. And like, there's also a very uh, good air about Zagreus. He's not like a he's he's not a silent pro tag at all. No, no, um, no, no, no. And and there's something great about his attitude towards all of this of that makes him feel like he's from the underworld but also a good protagonist uh and he's sort of like a cool rebellious uh you know teen son who wasn't <laughs> good at anything and like you know fuck my dad responsibilities and stuff like that i'm gonna go live with my family in olympus you don't understand me and it's, he's not like he's not like that, but you get what I mean. And I, yeah, but as those relationships unfold, it also it feels like that story, right? That fuck my family, I'm gonna go live with my cool family. And then the more you find out, you're like, ah, I didn't, I didn't understand what was going on here at all. Yeah, and you're and Hades is very good at uh, sort of being that kind of parent where they're mm-hmm. like you don't know what you want you know nothing and whether you think that's a good parenting style or not it it, it is a style and that's kind of he's harder and more rigid and he's yeah. mysterious and sexy and <laughs> and everyone wants to fuck it he really is just kratos at the end of kratos's story arc when he's a slightly better person um but he starts there so it's it's uh it's it, it's phenomenal what they've done with the characters in this game. I totally agree. Um, some of the bosses I think are also a lot of fun because I mean 
I think there may be some roguelikes that tackle this, but not as well as this, I believe, where you run into these bosses over and over again. And I think for the first bit, they, you know, while they're creaming you, it's, you know, they make fun of you every time you come back in and, you know... you feel a sense of dread with them but then when you start getting good at the bosses and you start beating them more consistently you kind of feel bad for them and then you have to Mm -hmm. like go back home and see some of them and you're (laughs) like i just i just beat your ass to get to the surface sorry about that yeah Um, but you know it's it's a little somber too because every now and again they'll have like They'll have dialogue that early on makes sense, right? And, you know, the dialogue has been pretty much unique, but there's some repeated themes, right? Like like Megara, that the first boss that you fight, you know, you'll die to her once or twice, and she'll talk about kicking your ass, and then you'll beat her once, and she'll be like, I'll get you next time. And you beat her like 25 more times in a <laughs> row, and she's like, I won't go easy on you next time. It's like, yeah, sure, sure you won't, kid. It's going to be a close one out there. Oh, I can't wait to get out there. I hope I'm able to beat you this time. All right. Yeah, I wonder what happens if you lose to them after being, being, like, winning against them so many times. I wonder if they have dialogue for that. That'd be interesting. I hope so, but I'm yeah. not going to find out. You kidding me? <laughs> Die to Megara? No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 I've got self-respect. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think the, a lot of that boss dialogue, especially with some of the later the later bosses, I think it works really, really well. Um I'm shocked at how much boss dialogue they wrote, right? Uh, so they don't write any dialogue for the second boss. There's, like, one quip and that's it, um, which yeah. is, is kind of sad. But there's, like, there's a ton of dialogue for the first... Like, there's entire arcs that the first and third bosses take in terms of, like, their relationship to you. And it's it's fascinating that they put so much effort into those confrontations, which nobody would be mad if it was just a boss that you walked into and then beat up and walked away from and didn't even talk to once, right? I that is Yeah. I, I, I am shocked that there was that much attention to detail there. What I also love is coming back to some of the Greek god stuff is how they I can't imagine Dude, can you imagine what the like dialogue charting looks like? Like if you have X, Y, and Z, this god will say X. Like I mm-hmm. can't imagine what that looks like because they do that all the time. So, you know, if you pick Artemis and you have the bow, like a particular bow, she'll comment on it. Or like if you have picked a lot of Ares boons, and Zeus sees it, he may may a com- make a comment about that mm-hmm. god. And sometimes they'll collab on this cool new video. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> it's crazy. It's it's crazy how many things they have to say about each other. And I love... But that's all, like, that's all a subset of the algorithm that's doing that, right? Because the algorithm also has to be determining, like, okay, did you hit any of these other triggers that are more story-focused things these characters have to say first? Exactly. And then if you don't, like, fall through to there and then fall... Like, it is... The logic behind it sounds incredibly uh, insane. And like 95% of the time it works, right? Every now and again, mm-hmm. you'll get like, you know, I was playing my like 40th run or whatever, and I got a line of dialogue from Poseidon that's like, oh, you made it out of Tartarus, the starting area. Congratulations, <laughs> you're almost there. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Thanks, uncle. Yeah, I mean, every- whatever. You, you seem like an uncle who'd be pretty drunk a lot of the time anyway. I, I buy it. I buy it. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's definitely your drunk, creepy uncle. I really mm-hmm. like that. Uh, yeah, I, I feel that too. Like, so I entered a chaos gate for like the 
800th time and he's like where am i like you know where you are dog you've been here before like a thousand times uh yeah and and i love what sold me because i played this game before it's 1.0 release like probably six or eight months before and Mm -hmm. one of the concepts that sold me on it where i started to understand like as a bigger picture where this could go was you walk into a room and there are two boons from two separate gods and you have to decide which one you want to pick initially and then the other one will get offended and start attacking you which Mm -hmm. is like uh, an amazing testament to how you know frustrated and um, chaotic these gods these greek gods can be and um afterwards they kind of get tired out of their rage and then they give you one of their boons too and i love that relationship building and kind of um uh, just the the quality of your mechanical choices having light story impacts like it's really great and also just a beautiful what a incredibly smart mechanical way to show how fickle these gods actually are because yeah if you're just interacting with them normally they are explicitly 100% behind you they are like oh well, you'll get there just keep going take this take that and then the second it's like you disrespected me and chose my brother <laughs> you should fucking die uh, like 10 minutes later being ah no just kidding just kidding i don't even know what i was talking about don't make that hey, mistake twice zag relax man we're all just trying to have a good time and you're harshing my vibe i didn't it's, try to it, kill you it's so good um okay so if you at this point if you have played the game um and have not beaten the game so we're going to talk to up through credits at this point. Duncan and I have each seen credits of the game, so if you have not seen the credits and you don't want to be spoiled on stuff, dip out now. If you don't care, welcome. And if you've already beaten credits, then also welcome to stay with us. But we are going to, uh, at this point, everything is fair game that Duncan or I have seen throughout the the entire game at this point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you get to the fucking surface world. And there is... After killing your dad. (laughs) No, oh, we didn't no, even sorry. talk about the Before Hades fight. killing your dad, gotcha. We didn't even gotcha. talk about that fight. Can we talk about this fucking fight? Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. can. We can. Yeah. The dramatic tension in this scene is so amazing. Also, before, can I just say one thing before we get there? Yeah. You reach the last level. You reach that. Mm. It's this... Mm. It, it, and Cerberus, <laughs> your dog is sitting there, and it plays this intense ass music. And you're like, I have to fight Cerberus. And your character says this dialogue, like, I can't believe it's come to this, but I need to do this, and you won't understand it. It's gonna hurt me. And he says, No, I'm just kidding. I love you, boy. <laughs> Let me get you a stinky snack that you can chomp on. It's so good. It's it was so, so good. It got me so fucking good. Did it get you? I love it, dude. It got me pretty good. It did get me pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyways, so let's start, get back to the the the, the final boss fight. How mm. did you feel about this as a final boss? Because I think final bosses and roguelikes are a weird space. Um, like for example, I was I played Dead Cells and was kind of, I mean, to be fair, I only beat one run. I was kind of like, this is a, I don't. I don't really feel anything about this boss. Like, and to be fair, it's a mechanical yeah. game, but like, yes. I, I don't know. It, it, even I, mechanically, I didn't feel like it was that special. Um, also, to be fair, I think there's another final boss, but I think you have to beat like seven difficulty levels in a row to get there. 
Uh, okay. All right. So well, that it, doesn't really even count. Yeah. And I mean, even things like, like monster trade, it just feels like another level where yeah. this felt much more like a dramatic point in something. And also, yes. yeah. So tell me, tell me a little bit more about this. Yeah, I, I think you you kind of hit the nail on the head there, right? Like, outside of being a really interesting and engaging boss fight, because I do think it's it's cool. It's I mean, they do that thing that the video games do sometimes, uh, where you are fighting a member of your family. Um, specifically, you're fighting your dad. This happens here. Uh, the only parallel I can draw at the top of my mind right now is like something like that happens in one of the Dark Souls uh, games or one of the From Software games, but. You get this, like, really intense dramatic moment, right, where they, you know, you walk up there and realize that he's going to be the final boss, which you kind of figured it was going to happen anyway. But, you know, they have really interesting dialogue where Hades is unwilling to, like, divulge everything, right? It, it, it is very much this, like, hey, you still don't understand what you're doing. So it's like a really high point. And then the fight itself is really, really cool because... So much of what Hades does mirrors, like, versions of abilities that you have, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he uses a spear, which is one of the unlockable weapons that you can get. We didn't even talk about the weapons. It's one of the unlockable <laughs> weapons that you get. Um, and he does, like, big charge-up spin attacks, which you can do. He shoots off skulls, which are the same as, like, your little crystals that you can shoot off. They even give the same status effect if they hit you. Like, it's got this really engaging kind of back and forth that I really like in... in um like narrative heavy moments inside of a mechanical game where they're like, Hey, you can tell this is your dad because you know, it's your dad, but you can also tell this is a member of your family because they clearly have a lot of the same base abilities that you do. Um, And also it just, it feels like I'm a huge sucker for final boss fights or boss fights in general, where it's just like, Hey, this is not like some crazy monster. This is like another person like you and it's feasible. And like you could, you can understand how this fight could happen, right? I just that's like my favorite type of boss fight, I think. Same. Um yeah. and just the the whole everything about this, right? It takes place on this like big snowy mountaintop mm-hmm. and you've been fighting through hell this whole time, so it's just a completely different vibe. Um there's a it's just such a good well-crafted moment from every angle like that. Yeah, uh, and I love I love the sound the the um the song for this the song is like nine minutes by the way which is and it has two phases to be fair but the song for it is amazing and it goes so hard in that Mm -hmm. metal like direction and it it works really well and i think a lot of the dialogue for this first run through of like while he's attacking you of being like you know nothing kind of stuff like that and or like you know sort of mocking you for your um your speed on things or like being able to dodge this or that and i don't know there's something amazing about that and i also love that um of course it has two phases so when you wipe the first how Mm -hmm. far out you got to go through the second phase uh but also just how amazing it is that he's like a different person on the surface world like he reveals a little bit more or like talks to you a little bit more and then when you Mm -hmm. get back he kind of denies and pretends like it never happened so it's almost like this is a different world and a different space for us to talk on and level in a different way which i love that about that and it happens more in the post game uh Mm -hmm. but yeah so, also, all of the scenes where Zagreus is talking to Hades on the surface world, again, and uh, we've harped on this before, I think, and if not, we should have. The voice acting in this game is so fucking good. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think like the 
the way they speak to each other, the tone of voice, especially in Zagreus, like early on when he just really genuinely feels like he hates his dad. Like you get it, his voice is just dripping with that like anger and angst at being denied everything. And the kind of like when you win, there's like a, a sort of almost sad triumph to the way that all of his lines are delivered every time. It's just, it, it, you completely buy it. Like the voice acting in this game is, it's fucking top notch from virtually every single person. Yeah. Um, so after beating Hades, uh, you are like, I did it. And you have some instructions. Um, wait, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. For those of you who haven't played the game, (laughs) there (laughs) are some little story bits. (laughs) Which we intentionally avoided in the second segment. Um, right. So you should know right. Nyx is not your mom, which you may know that anyway if you know Greek mythology. Um, she is not your mom. Persephone was your mom, uh, who was married to Hades at the time. And then you were, or she thought you were a stillborn. And that combined with just how she felt about being in the underworld caused her to leave uh, and live on the surface world where you were then lied to for essentially your whole life, and you are now trying to fight, you know, through everything, and Nyx is helping you to try and go find your mother and reconcile with her and figure out maybe, like, a little bit more about what happened and why Hades lied to you and and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, the good, good, thank you for that. So Important to note. (laughs) Yes, important to note. So you finally make your way to where Persephone is, and you talk with her for a bit and you explain what happened to you. Again, as Alex said, she believed you were stillborn. So she is obviously shocked that you are still alive. And, you know, you discuss how happy you are to be here and you start to feel cold and bad. And it is the underworld pulling you back Mm -hmm. and you die. And when it has happened, I went, okay, I get you. This is so fucking smart. Like, it's, it's such oh. a cool way to keep getting you back into the game. Mm-hmm. I was really wondering how the hell they were going to, to pull that off in such a way to make me still interested in playing. And that, yep, they did it. They found it. <laughs> they found the way to make repeated roguelike uh, attempts work in a story that does not involve time travel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's because it's you're, like, not only is it like a smart way to get you to have to go through the game again, but it's also like a really, really good carrot on a stick because that's where a lot of the like best story and character stuff happens. And you don't get much of it. You get like, you know, two or three minutes of it at the end of every run, but it's enough to keep you going. Like, well, I just got to get that next, like, I just got to know. And oftentimes, uh, maybe pretty much every single time they structure the conversation between Zagreus and Persephone so that it ends on kind of a, not necessarily a cliffhanger, but like a little piece of information like, ooh, maybe you should be asking me about this. Ooh, like, I don't want know if I can tell you about that. So you always, like, have a really strong narrative reason to want to get right back on the horse and get right back out there on top of just like, hey, here's the way that the game's not over. It's, hey, here's why you want to continue playing this game anyway, even if, you know, you didn't enjoy the run up to here, which you probably did, but... Yeah, and and what's even best about like like feeling like oh you know because I could see feeling sort of cheated by being like okay well we could figure this out or you know we could have a conversation that this long but I kind of love this I think all of the framing of the story beats of this and why it works with a rogue like for the story is that 
things that happen over an eternity or a very long time fits with Greek mythos so well. Just being mm-hmm. like, and thus the son of Hades spends eternity working through the toils of his father to reach her mother, his mother on the surface world, only to die seconds within. Like that just fits that kind of story. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when you die too, it's amazing because you feel like, okay, I get to go back and tell everyone about how I made it to my mom and what she said recently. So I get to tell Achilles about it and get his uh, perspective on it. I get to talk to my dad about it and tell me I don't understand anything. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. I Um, get to tell Dusa about it. Not really, though, because I said hi and she got scared and ran into the ceiling. (laughs) She has so much work to do. Me too. Me too. Um, Uh, It's yeah, it is. It's. It's very well done. So I think we maybe just go over the the overall story here that is revealed to you throughout um, the 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 entirety of the game. Right. Yeah. The in order to get two credits, you have to successfully escape and beat Hades ten times, um, and you so you get ten different story bits, and then eventually um, you you know get credits of the game, and you can keep playing. We'll talk about that. But the overarching story is um, like was mentioned. You uh, you were stillborn. Persephone left. Uh, you kind of get the story of how she initially came to the underworld, which was essentially that she was very unhappy on Olympus where she was initially living. Um, also her mom's Demeter, who I don't even know if we talked about this whole episode, no. um, but uh, you know, just one of the Olympic Olympus gods um, and Hades was like kind of into her. Uh, and so you're led to believe that Hades maybe stole her from Olympus, but what actually happened was Zeus more or less kidnapped her. Um, but also she kind of wanted to go anyway. Uh, and secretly brought her down to to Hades to, you know, live and get married to Hades and, and, and live down there where they could both be a little bit happier. Um, but also, Zeus didn't tell anybody he was doing that. He kind of lied to everybody and said that maybe she just, like, went to go live with the mortal and she's gone forever and they couldn't find her. Um, so What an ultimate wingman, bro. <laughs> Zeus is such a wingman, bro. It's like, easily a good liked, character. If I liked a girl in, like, my a good bro would like kidnap her for me and like <laughs> set her up in the underworld for eternity with me, bro. Yeah, dude, just just obviously the coolest dude in all of Olympus. That Zeus yeah. guy. Um, but no, you you kind of uh, once all of that is revealed, the rest of the conversations revolve around you trying to prove to Persephone that Hades is still in love with her and that it is worth it for her to come back to the underworld. Um, kind of maybe showing her that. Maybe she still has feelings for Hades. Maybe she still has a place down there. Uh, and then eventually on the 10th the run, when you finally manage to convince her of that, you show up in her beautiful little garden area uh, and she's already there with bags packed, ready to go, where she brings you over to a river where Charon, the, the boatman for the river Styx, shows up and takes her back to Olympus. Or not Olympus, the opposite of Olympus, takes her back to <laughs> Hades, uh, where she... Gets a, a sick costume change and then gets to live with uh live with you again back down in Hades and, and gets married back to Hades or you know, gets back together with Hades and is just becomes a permanent fixture in the um underworld house of Hades, and then you can continue playing the game under the guise of you're continuing to try and escape to test the security system of Hades <laughs> so that nobody can escape again. That's a little less of a carrot on a stick, but at that point you've seen the credits, so it's fine. Yeah, it's it's like a funny, it, and I think that that actually attests more to the like Greek mythos sort of like for mm-hmm. an eternity, Zagreus would test his father's wits and you know yeah. powers. Um, mm-hmm. I love that a lot. Um, I I gotta say, I I think it's kind of funny that. 
you know, in, in one of the middle bits of um, like the seventh or eighth one, Persephone says, I just, it's unsafe. I don't want to see you ever again. Like, I want you to stop pursuing this um, mm-hmm. and it's just not going to work. And you're like, okay, I'm going to do it anyways. Also, I need to figure out a reason and I need to find proof why or how my dad still loves my mom. And then you get into his bedroom, which you're not allowed <laughs> in normally, and you find a picture of her and you're like, ah, proof. I've got Boom. it. Boom. Got it. <laughs> I will tell. Also, you get up there and you're like, I saw a picture of you. It wasn't dusty. So, like, just saying, that's all you needed, I'm sure. So some of the characters have relationships with whether they be friendships or actual love with people outside of the house of Hades. So, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Patroclus and um, Achilles, Achilles, as well as um, Orpheus and um, Alex, you're my, you're my Eurydice to my Orpheus. Uh, we're always in two <laughs> different places. Yeah. You're my muse. <laughs> um, and, and you Thank kind you. of, that's very sweet. You kind of play like, carrier pigeon between them where you have to go to one place say hey this guy said this and then the other one goes well i don't quite agree with that you tell them this and then you go back and you know you try and sort of be the correspondence between the two and Mm -hmm. i haven't finished the game so i don't know how any of those end up but (laughs) it's a lot of fun and a way to encourage you to keep playing because you were like oh i i still have to deliver this message and find out the next part of it um you're invested yeah, yeah. I I love I love Patroclus. He's so great. Patroclus is very good. Um I I was extremely into Orpheus and Eurydice. This is this is something I'm curious about. So, you said you you kind of went in blind, you didn't read up on any of these characters and I had I no. knew a little bit about Greek mythology and also had read up on some of these characters and also listened to Hades Town, which gave me a little bit of background specifically on Orpheus and Eurydice. Yeah. Did you do you know what the story of Orpheus and Eurydice is? Because I feel like they did a really good job of outlining Achilles and Patroclus. I feel like they just assumed you kind of knew Orpheus and Eurydice. Nah, don't know. Okay. Did you piece together what the story was and what happened there? Um, not exactly, I don't think. Okay. That, I, that's something that I was generally just just curious i guess for people at home are you gonna tell me yeah <laughs> i was gonna say yeah i didn't i didn't know if you wanted me to, i didn't know if you wanted me to, so again uh, so you know again orpheus and eurydice orpheus was a muse or not jesus orpheus was a like a you know a bard he was extremely well renowned um i Check think there's box. different variations on kind of his background um and orpheus or eurydice was his muse and they got married and then eurydice dies and gets taken to the underworld and Orpheus, kind of unable to accept that, goes into the underworld after her. Um, and, you know, nobody is obviously allowed out of the underworld. But, you know, <clears throat> through musical means or whatever, Orpheus convinces Hades to let them try to escape. But the, you know, main kind of caveat to that is they can walk out of the underworld, but Orpheus has to walk in front of Eurydice the entire way until they get out of the underworld, and he can't turn around or talk to her or do anything to make sure she is still there. And if he does do it, like, if he does turn around and look at her, then immediately she gets, you know, he gets to leave and she's cursed to stay in the underworld forever. Um, And, the you know, how that whole story plays out is they walk all the way until Orpheus 
steps out and like immediately steps out of the underworld and is so overcome with self-doubt he turns around and looks at Eurydice before she steps out of the underworld bro so she has to stay there forever and he you know gets to live with the fact that he couldn't he was so consumed by self-doubt that he lost the love of his life um classic greek tragedy foils of man uh, foibles of man uh very very sad stuff uh but i don't feel like any of that comes across in the game except for the one part where when orpheus is explaining it and you're drinking with him he goes anyway i guess the moral of the story is don't look back when you're not supposed to look back that's (laughs) not really the moral of the story my man that's funny um i also love eurydice's style He's like mm-hmm. a he he's got kind of like a eighties hairband hair, but these like <laughs> huge long black fingernails. Just enormous and like, coke nails. Yeah. <laughs> and um yeah, he's he's amazing. I, I like mm-hmm. him quite a lot. And I, I like how he he he's such like a emo boy kind of thing where he's like, No, I don't think I will play a song today. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> oh god. It's it's I think they're my favorite character combination mm-hmm. um but i don't know how much of that is just because they kind of are the you know musical core of the game so all of the good vocal tracks involve one or both of them and that's like a large part of the reason i come to Supergiant games is because the music is so fucking good and it's always those two vocalists uh, i think darren corbin and ashley barrett i want to say yeah um so they're just absolutely incredible performances by both of them in in this this game also darren corb voices zagreus which is insane because that's so many lines of dialogue and then he also did all the music for the game so mad yeah. mad props to him uh, i he also voice skelly but yeah no i voice skelly <laughs> you did you could have you easily could have um so uh the end credit song in the blood how would you rate that on like the lyrical super giant song scale so in the blood is like hmm. the credit song. Um, it is like yeah. as you escape from the uh, as as you leave the surface with your mother back down. That's hmm. That's wanna... hard because it's going. Yeah. Why were you what? I was gonna say I personally think I might. I think it. I think it goes somewhere in the middle, like middle high for me. I'd like it, but it didn't. I don't know. I think I was too cons- I was too consumed in the moment thinking about like how are they going to do more of this that I couldn't really mm-hmm. focus and I don't know there was something about you know Persephone coming back with you into the underworld that didn't it didn't have the same oomph and I'm not expecting it to because like it is a still I, a roguelike game, you know what I mean? But, but I don't know. Also- that ending, like, I was genuinely surprised when credits rolled because it just didn't feel like that was the end of the game, right? Like, yeah, I was yeah. shocked when credits started going up the screen. So I think that also did take me out of it a little bit. Um, right. I agree. I think In the Blood is kind of middle high. I think the, um, God, I don't know the name of the song, um, but the song that Orpheus and Eurydice each have a part to. Um, yes, Good Riddance. I think that one... That one probably ends up higher than In the Blood for me personally because it's so yeah. fucking good. I agree. I agree. I like how um, you, you just kind of walk in and uh, Eurydice is just singing it all the fucking time. It's a mm-hmm. good warm welcome. Um, also, Patroclus, I, I really like that 
there's this cool trick and this is like a total tangent but i i feel yeah. like we don't have anything else to say to the At music po- except it's really good it's extremely good go listen to it uh no go on yeah so he he sort of is uh, he's very depressed it's very clear that he has uh, mm-hmm. he he's got a lot of problems right now and when you walk into the area that he's in he's talking to himself quietly and if you keep like walking very fast and then you hit like a trigger box, he will immediately stop saying what he's saying. So you have mm-hmm. to be really careful when you walk in and go, okay, <laughs> I know I just mashed the X button to dash and get to somewhere as fast as I can, but I have to be slow right now because I got to hear what he has to say. And one time I caught him basically saying like, just one drink, that's all it would take. And like, it, you walk in and you're like, oh, you know, I've been, um, I've been fighting Theseus and Asterius a lot. <laughs> you're like, okay, you didn't really read the rooms, Agrius. Uh, yeah, but it's, yeah. he's he's a very good character. He's the only like truly sad character in the entire entire cast, I think. But also the most powerful power up possible. <laughs> yes, his, the boon he gives you is fucking busted. It can't not busted, but it can be busted good. It can save an entire run instantly. Yeah. Um. Hey. You want to know another pair we should talk about? Because they are currently my desktop wallpaper. Yeah, what's up? Theseus and Asterius. Okay, that's fair. Theseus and Asterius are maybe the best character. Not the best characters, but they're so fucking good. They're They're so funniest ones. Yes. Asterius is like an actual very good and deep, well-written character. And Theseus is just a fucking (laughs) goober. He's just such fucking dweeb i love it he's exactly how you would expect a like a a a greek b-movie character to be written like yeah he's he shouts blackguard and he has his amazing tactics uh and (laughs) he calls you demon and scourge and he has no awareness for what's going on whatsoever like after you beat him for the 12th time and it's probably been communicated to him that your job is to now test the security of the underworld he still thinks you are Mm -hmm. some horrible awful (laughs) demon that's trying to break through the barrier to the surface and the champion of elysium will not let you through it's so fucking cool it's good and but as a dynamic like as a duo they have a really interesting dynamic and like yeah they you know that relationship evolves and gets rocky over time as you continue to talk and fight them and it's uh it's it's really interesting They're, they're definitely the bosses that i was most excited to get to every time just to sort of see how they continued that dialogue and that arc and how much more over the top they can get with that character also after you beat them you get to talk to the best character in the game which is the good red shade that roots for you and he's (laughs) the only one that's your fan (laughs) yeah that's amazing um speaking Uh, of continued boss dialogue um another great thing that 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 i really appreciated in this is how the dynamic changes after you get credits um like because you know like we said you're now mm. head of testing security on your dad's cool highway to the surface and um when you I'm get on a, a highway to greece is that, anything? <laughs> that is everything that's everything um and the the action phrases of hades change so it's not so much about like you know, I'm going to stop you in your tracks because I think what you're doing is wrong. It's much more, 
um, kind of playful in a way, yeah. but also can take some serious points when you walk up there of, you know, him calling you out for using a bow because that's a coward's weapon or reacting mm-hmm. to the different kind of um, uh, stuff you have. But uh, I love how he's like, I thought Achilles taught you better kind of things. Yeah. Those, those lines are so much fun. And I love how they change the tone of that fight to like, a sparring match between father and son from like a yeah. battle to the death of what is right and wrong in your family. It's not antagonistic anymore. It's shit talking on a basketball court now. Uh, and I love that. It's very, very good. Um, yeah. We didn't really talk about the relationship between, you know, Zagreus and Hades um, because I don't know how much I really have to say about that. But I do think that the, the scene at the end, like the first uh, post credit scene you get where Persephone is forcing you two to like, interact and forcing Hades to kind of admit his shortcomings as a father and for Zagreus to kind of admit how much he was, you know, not accepting of how much was on his father's shoulders is like a really, really good and powerful scene. Again, the familiar writing in this game is just, it's so, it's so familiar, even though it's so exotic at the same time. I, I absolutely, I, I love all that stuff. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, there's so much more to this game that yeah, we, we didn't talk about, about but... the weapons. We didn't talk about a lot of the art. We didn't talk about the level design. We didn't talk about the progression. Um, real quick, lightning round. What's your favorite weapon and what's your favorite aspect of the weapon? I'm going to say... Favorite weapon overall and favorite weapon aspect overall. I think the fists are my favorite weapon because I think they're just the most fun with the aspect of uh, the the magnetic one that pulls people to you. Mm, I think it's very a good, ton very, of very fun. Good. Um, I think my favorite, like the the best one, is probably as we know the home seeking bow. Uh, that one's mm-hmm. just straight up busted. So if I ever want a free win, that's where I go. But I think the fist with the magnetic is my favorite one. What about you? Yeah, I, I would say, uh, I mean, the bow is my favorite. Um, the, the homing bow, is just, it's so good. Like, it's so good, and also it just feels good to use, and it's fun to kind of dash around, and I like ranged weapons in general. Um, I do like the hidden aspect of the sword quite a bit, which um, you got already, right, Duncan? You got that one? Yeah, yeah, Arthur. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, yeah. Uh, so you just get, you know, Excalibur, basically, and it kind of changes <laughs> the way that you do everything, and it, it adds some cool dynamics, and I think it just, it, it feels like the most drastic difference between different aspects. Um, so I think that was... Uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, I I do I I did not find anywhere in this episode to talk about my actual issues with the game, um, which is you know largely fine because we want to celebrate the games. I do just want to say um, I love this game a lot. I am at about fifty hours. I'm pretty much tapped with it. I think because the only progression mechanic appears to be keep playing it. Right? There's not like a lot of the triggers are obtuse and hard to trigger and it seems like you just have to kind of keep doing it in order to um trigger any new thing throughout the game there's not a lot of like secrets built in there's not a lot of like specific things that you have to do on a particular run in order to get something it feels like it's just hey use these upgrade materials talk to these people give these people um you know nectar and ambrosia and that's all good it, like again it, it it's all in service of everything we talked about which was so good about the game but i will say just as a roguelike i don't think i'm gonna be able to get like you know I'm not going to be be able to get a Slay the Spire 150 hours out of this game, right? Like, I've got yeah. a few hours left in it. I can crank up the difficulty a little more. I also think the difficulty scaling is interesting at first, and then after you get to a point, kind of loses that. I wish it was just like you go up a difficulty level each time or something. But um, definitely 
there are some some like legitimate gripes I have with the design of the game long term, but at the end of the day, I don't think they were trying to make a roguelike that you could play for 150 hours. I think they were trying to make a really tight, interesting experiment in the roguelike genre, which they did successfully. Yeah, and I don't think I would want 150 hours out of this. I think that it is... I, I want a roguelike that has a defined, nice package in it, where it's like, this is the sort of beginning, this is the sort of end of it, and yeah. if you want to keep playing because you really love the gameplay loop and you love just dashing around, go for it, but we've made it more tight. I, I like that rather than thinking like, it's an unlimited entertainment source, you know? Uh, so yeah, I, I, I agree, I get, but I also... Gripes, though. Yeah, 50 hours in, I want to see the ending of some of these character stories, and I'm not sure how long it's going to be before I can do that. You know? Yeah, I, that, that's I get what a little you're frustrating. Um, do my method. I just do the exact required amount of heat to earn rewards, and I speed run <laughs> it very, very fast. <laughs> you know, hey, there's always that option. Um, we should say there is an epilogue. I don't know how to unlock it. But it seems like I just got to play it a whole bunch more, so I'm I'm gonna do that because I want to see the epilogue. I have no idea what the fuck it is though. I just know there is one, uh, and it yeah. seems like most people haven't gotten it, and the people that have don't really know how they got it. So we'll see. Yeah, I might. That might be one I just YouTube just to keep my feelings yeah. on the game very positive because I feel like in a couple more runs, maybe in like ten to fifteen, I'm not gonna want to play it anymore. I just yeah. I don't know. Um, I but, bet if I put it down for a week, it would feel pretty fresh again. But yeah. I haven't put it down for literally one day yet. So Yeah, same here. I don't think there's been a day where I haven't played this game. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, hey, you know, maybe it's on us. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so that was thoughts from player one. But don't go yet. Don't you dare. You stay right there because we have another unstumpable plant fact from Michael. But before you hear that, you must know our Twitter is at thoughts from P one. Our Facebook, we have one. We don't really post there that often. You want it. I know you want it. Yeah. We, Hey, we post there every time we launch an episode. It's just that it's an automated post and it doesn't have words on it, but you'll Got still it. know when we post episodes. Thoughts from player one, all spelt out at gmail.com is our email. Send game suggestions. Uh, uh, if you have questions about other games we've played, things like that comment on uh, on our podcast i don't know that's something we could have but on the Podbean, we got comments so if you want to yeah. comment that's awesome um, comment wherever i'm pretty sure we'll get notifications if you do it also rate and review us on itunes that's very helpful so do that yeah yeah so thank you all for listening and uh do we should we say anything else? also uh, we have a Discord. Uh, Discord link will be oh, right. in the description because it's hard to read out on an episode. But yes. we do have a Discord. You can hop in. You can chat. You can talk about. It, you can tell us which three gods you would fuck. Yeah, come on and come on in and either tell <laughs> us on Twitter or Discord what three gods would you sleep with, or just have mm -hmm. a nice relationship with. I'm not. Gonna, or just yeah, or just hang out with. It doesn't have yeah, to be dirty and sexual. You know, it could just be which three gods do you want to have fun with? You know, ha tell us how much you would drink with Dionysus. You know, tell us how much you would hunt with Duncan save me save me Duncan nope, I got nope. too deep I didn't know where I was going you're, you're literally your fingertips are falling off of a cliff and I'm I'm pinching them <laughs> some very big scar energy <laughs> you got it uh, alright um, what, what, what how much paint? you would hunt with Artemis okay and, there and, you go yeah and, and how much you would 
swim with dolphins in Poseidon. There's four more. Tell Go us ahead. those. No, okay, no, no, well, no, tell, no. Okay, tell us the the horrors of war that you would see with Ares. <laughs> tell us the the books and shields you would read and wield with Athena. Tell us the shocking truths you would get from speaking with Zeus. And of course, who could forget the last one? Not me, certainly. Tell us the speed at which Hermes would deliver us to the end of this podcast, and also tell us how much you want to fuck Aphrodite, because that one builds itself. I think that was awesome. Did I get them all? Hey, Aphrodite's married. She tells you she's married. That's true. That's, That's true. fucked up, dude. She's probably, probably willing to be in like a poly relationship or something. I'm not going to get into this, Duncan. I'm just saying. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Well, you missed one. Tell us about the chilling stories of Demeter. Uh, oh, of course. Yes, the chilling stories of Demeter. Tell us about the sweatshirt you had to wear outside in the summer because Demeter was sad and made it cold. <laughs> and the crops you lost. This mm-hmm. is unlistenable. <laughs> it's all been unlistenable. Go back to the beginning. Anyways. Bring us Without home. further ado, the unstoppable Michael... The Hades Codex entry on the Palm of Power reads, There is not much to eat here in the underworld, conventionally speaking. The pomegranate is a rare exception, having made its way down to these depths, perhaps alongside Lord Hades himself, when he first came to this realm aeons ago. Here, this blood-red fruit holds something of terrifying power. At times, it's called a window to Olympus, for in its acrid morsels we can almost see that hollowed mountaintop, and we grow closer to the gods who reside there. Supposedly, it is also rich in something known as antioxidants, whatever those are, and whatever they are for. Look, I'm a warrior, not a nutritionist. Michael here with your plant fact of the day. I'm here to tell you exactly what antioxidants are and what they are for. Smoking and unprotected sunlight exposure are known to cause cancer. But why is that? On the cellular level, both of these activities result in charged molecules with one unpaired electron, which makes it highly reactive. This reactivity disrupts a cell's membranes, its natural processes, and can cause damage to your DNA. Antioxidants, such as vitamins A, C, and E, found in pomegranates, can accept these electrons, rendering them harmless. That's your plant fact for the day. Thanks for listening. Tune in to the next episode of Thoughts from Player One for more video game discussions and plant facts. Well, if you ask me, Zagreus, I think we should be pulling out of Afghanistan. Or going into Afghanistan. <laughs> yes, that's me. I'm Ares, the god of war. You may remember me from my pseudonym, George W. Bush. <laughs> this is top-tier material, Duncan. Why did we waste <laughs> good it was good <clears throat> we right. got post-prod material yeah yeah <laughs>